just seal that, just acceptance of his great love. He loves us all so much. Just receive his love this morning. You know, the Lord just doesn't want to be a figure in the history that, that we talk about, and maybe even pray to or someone afar off. He wants to be up, up close, up close in your life. And sometimes it just takes a little invitation. Come Holy Spirit. Let's do that this morning. Come Holy Spirit this morning. Minister among, our, among us today. Come Holy Spirit. You know, we do it in church, but I encourage you do it at home. Do it at home as well. Just invite the Lord because He loves us all so very much. Hallelujah. Just invite Him. Just, just walk close to Him. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Lord, we invite you today. Lord, as we're gathered here today in the mighty name of Jesus, Lord, we invite you by your Holy Spirit to touch hearts and lives as only you can. Lord, we thank you for conviction. Lord, that you would convince our hearts concerning things that we need to be convinced of and know and understand. Lord, that you would speak truth into our lives. Lord, that your word would penetrate. Even those dark areas, Lord God, where we've been stubborn and maybe even resistant to you, Lord. Lord, that you would, by your Holy Spirit, touch our hearts, Father, and minister again here today. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Now, don't, let's not close, turn the lights on and sit down just yet. i just got to put a little invitation out there to anyone. i got the word pulmonary edema, okay? Now, pulmonary edema, I believe, is some type of heart condition. And... Uh, uh, it's connected to the lungs in some way and, and, and I just got that word and I know that when the Lord gives me a word like that that means he wants you healed and he's bringing, he's bringing it to my attention because he wants to heal anyone with that condition today pulmonary edema is that anyone this morning? it's just, you know, that, that, that you would say that's my condition I actually work with that that's something that, that I'm dealing with is that, is that anyone this morning? yes sister now do you want to come down the front? I just want to pray. Oh, there's another one as well, which the Lord's given me. It's, it's hypertension. Who suffers hypertension this morning? Yeah, that's what they talk about in the, in the, in the hospital. Can I get one of the guys to come down? Um, yeah, hypertension. Um, anyone, anyone experience that? Apparently it's called high blood pressure. High blood pressure. Come on down the front as well. Why don't we all, let's not spectate, let's look to the Lord. Why don't we just sing that again? And uh, uh, I will sing of his love forever. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thanks, team. You know, we all, we all participate when people get prayed for, don't we? You know, we all lift our, our faith up. We never spectate, never just be looking to see what's going on around us and thinking about what's on for lunch and stuff like that, you know. Don't be doing that, <laughs> okay. Let's join in our faith with, you know, what the Lord's doing at the front. Just be grateful because one day we might need that. One, one day we might need someone to, you know, to, to hear from the Lord on our behalf and, and, and for that flow of God's healing power to be available. Amen? Amen. Let's build to that. Praise the Lord. Thanks team. Better give them a warm uh, thank you as they come down. Yeah, feel free. Let's all find our seats this morning and
and keep glorifying the Lord. Amen? Amen. Well, we've been on the, the subject of the pathways of God um, as a topic for a number of weeks now. And you're somebody saying, thinking, when, when uh, will we come to a close? Well, I think we're getting close. I think that we're sort of getting closing in on the finish of that. But last week we finished a two-part section within the topic that had us looking at the presence of God. And um, I thought that there was a lot this morning to do with the presence of God that we sung into and we're, we were looking to and we saw last week how Moses had made up his mind, uh, you know, that, that he wouldn't go anywhere unless the presence of God was going with him. And that's a good place to be, isn't it? You know, just to have that determination. If, you know, if you're not going, Lord, I'm not going. You know, and, uh, and to have that heart and desire for his presence in our lives. And, you know, what we, what we have sometimes on Sunday morning, you know, we need to sort of believe and, and ask, Lord, how can we get that at home, you know, in our family, as we sit around the dining table, as we sit and talk together? First things first, flick that television off, you know. First things first, turn off that iPad, you know, and YouTube, and, you know, and, uh, and, and of course, then be praying, be, uh, have that heart for the Lord. You know, uh, for Moses, um, having the presence of, of God constantly and, and working with him and walking with him meant being his best um, when others weren't. And it, it meant interceding for the people. And we finished last week looking at the disciplines of harmony and unity which allow us to continue with an open heaven uh, over the uh, people of God, an inner location, open heaven. You know, unity is a kingdom value. We've got to understand that. It's not something we do just to keep the peace. You know, we've got a few people around, uh, you know, who, who, who you, know, uh, you know, would, would lean toward uh, a conflict. Uh, it, it, it's not, you know, a, a teaching that just keeps everybody at peace. It's not that at all. It's a kingdom value unity, you know, and the Lord, the Lord makes that very clear. Um, if we want to keep the blessings of heaven flowing among us, we have to gather together in the name of Jesus in unity. He said, where two or three are gathered together in my name, you know, there he is in the midst, the Bible tells us. We're two or three. That's just mum and dad at home, you know, husband and wife at home. Or a couple of friends walking down the beach in the morning having a pray where, where two or three are gathered together in my name. There I am in the midst. He's there with us. And unity is one of those values that, you know, maintains that. Psalm 133, verse 1 to 3, we read it last week and we'll look at it again. Behold how good and pleasant it is when brothers live together in harmony. It is like the fine oil on the bead, uh, on the head, running down on the beard, running down Aaron's beard over the collar of his robes. In other words, it got on everything. The blessing got on everything. It is like the dew of Hermon falling on the mountains of Zion. And it goes on, I haven't got the verse there, but it goes on, it says, For there the Lord has bestowed the blessing of life forevermore. Amen. The blessings of life forevermore. Where? In the place of unity. Where people follows, follow those disciplines, follow uh, uh, those, uh, those uh, uh, good guides that we have in the scripture. We looked at them last week. Open heaven is so very well defined here as well. In um, uh, Isaiah 64 verse 1, it says, Oh, that you would rend the heavens. 
that you would rend. In other words, open the heavens, that you would come down. You know, that's his presence, that he would come down and be in our midst and be among us. Amen. That the mountains might shake at your presence. I reckon that's goosebumps at least, you know, in those kind of events. And look, verse 2, as the fire burns brushwood, as the fire causes water to boil, to make your, ma- your name known to your adversaries, that the nations may tremble at your presence. You know, we're talking about uh, the result of open heaven. And I believe that we can maintain a condition for open heaven. Any church can when they choose the disciplines of unity and harmony as a way forward together. Amen. Now, if you missed last week's message, I'd recommend that you download it uh, from the website, listen to it. It's a vital information for where I believe we're going as a church. If you were here last week and you were nodding off, I would encourage you to listen to it again. You might have missed the good bit. You might have missed the bit. That's vital and uh, vital information. You may not know what your calling is. Uh, You may not know what your badge should say, or maybe you think so. But we're all called to be mature sons and daughters of our Heavenly Father. Amen? You know, I I first was, I I guess you could say, exposed to teaching on sons and daughters uh, probably around 22 years ago, I think it was, somewhere around there, 20 years ago. That, That teaching that taught about sons and daughters and what that meant and what that was and and one of the things that one of the things that I thought was a bit weird was it sort of seemed like it also dovetailed into as a teaching into fathering and also into mentoring. I don't know if you remember way back and that was the part that I found a little bit hard to understand and I think the thing that really set me free in the teaching of what sons and daughters were was a realization is that they're not my sons and daughters. You know, as a father The Bible talks about, you know, you have many instructors, but not many fathers. Look, we certainly need more people with a fathering attitude. Even, you know, among the women, that we would father people, that we would nurture people, that we would care for people, we'd lift them up. But you never do it to yourself. You never father people to yourself. You father people to God, you know. Know that there might be, you know, that we might bring many sons and daughters to glory. You know, the scriptures talk about that. And that set me free, that made you know I was no longer on guard with that sons and daughters teaching realizing it wasn't just about people being attracted to me look I mean I had people knocking on my office door you know in the bible college and would you father me of course I will you know I have coffee with you 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 know and next thing you know I had three or four people wanting me to father them you know I'm going well I, I, I kind of do but I just don't understand how because it's God that gives it gives us the the life that we need and we need to be fathered by him. Amen? And it's, you know, I see my role is, you know, encouraging people to be sons and daughters of their heavenly father and walking in that relationship. And let's just say, 1 Peter 2, and you, if you ever want to go look, 1 Peter chapter 2 tells us we start out as newborn babes. That's where we start. The Bible tells us to desire the sincere milk of the word. We're being told there to be hungry for it. It says to desire the sincere milk of the word. Because otherwise we're just left to our thoughts and our imaginations and our feelings and all kinds of things. But if we'll just get the rock solid word under our feet, we'll start to walk this pathway that God's given us. We'll start to walk into what God has for our lives. Can I get an amen this morning? You know, it is progressive. 
So if you're not there yet, at mature sons and daughters stage, keep going. Don't give up. Recognise that you might have lodged and just stopped at a comfort zone, but get going again is, is really my encouragement this morning. Stay on the path that the Lord has placed us on. Stay on that path. I heard the story of a kid um, in the neighbourhood who despite being the, uh, you know, probably, uh, say, a, a, a awkward in size, he would always win at a game that they used to play uh, in the neighbourhood. Uh, he and his mates would go to an old disused railway line where they would just sort of hang out. And, and what they would do as they were sort of hanging out is they'd get a stone and they'd put that stone way down the railway, on the railway line, and take turns seeing who could balance on the railway line and get all the way to the stone. And none of them could do it, except for this kid. And um, let's just say he was a, a child of Samaria. Um, it, it, he would, he would uh, you know, win at that game, and of course all the other kids were puzzled why he always won. Why did he always win? And, and, and of course eventually they'd start saying, what's your trick? You know, what's, what's, what's your strategy? And, uh, and, and he eventually sort of thought, well, I might as well tell them what it is. And, and he said, the trick is not to look at how far I've come, but to keep looking where I'm going. You know, keep looking at where I'm going. It's so simple, isn't it? You know, don't look at where you, how, how far you've come. Uh, look where you're going. You know, the path, the path to maturity is the same. Don't look where you are. Don't look where you've come from. You know, you may have tripped up even, and we talked about that over the last couple of weeks. Don't look at how far you've come in, in, in case you might be found comparing yourself with others. And that's not good because then, you know, you start to compare yourself with others. All kinds of uh, wrong emotions can pop up. Envy, you know. All kinds of wrong things can start to occur. But keep going toward the God-given height of maturity in Christ, which is what? Mature sons and daughters. Mature sons and daughters of your heavenly Father. You know, the fivefold ministry uh, mentioned in Ephesians chapter 4 uh, understand that they're coaches, the pastors. They're the coaches who are here to help us along the way. Help us. They're gifts given by God for the purpose of raising up sons and daughters until the Bible says we will come to the maturity of the Lord Jesus Christ. You see, that, that sameness, that likeness, which is achievable or else the Bible wouldn't say it. You know, one morning I sat with uh, Reverend Russell Sage um, having a catch-up breakfast. And we had Reverend Russell here last year, I think around May, um, that he came. And it must have been 2013, 2014. And it was definitely before we answered the call of God to come up here to Broome. And I was sitting having breakfast with him down at the Hillary's Marina, which we like to go there and have a breakfast. And um, we lived just up the road. And, of course, Russell would drive down from where he was living. And, of course, we'd catch up and have breakfast. and Just a bit of, a, a bit of fellowship between two, two men of God. And, um, and, and, of course, I shared with him how I'd received a prophetic picture uh, from the Lord and that it was that every person that is born into this world is at any given one any given moment 
one of three people. You could walk out of here, bump into someone, and they, and, and, and you know, if you were to look and consider their life, you would find that they are one of three people. Just, just leave that with you. And I still have the serviette. I've, I've done this a bit lately. I don't know. Maybe it's age. I'm not sure. But I thought I'd put it away somewhere safe. So I grabbed the serviette that I'd written on when I was with Russell having that breakfast and I put it in a filing cabinet. And do you think I can find it? I cannot find it. So anyway, it's there somewhere. And I did that recently with, a, with, a, with an heirloom. And uh, Rosemary's still a bit cranky at me about that as well. Where did you put it? I put it somewhere safe. <laughs> she says, where is it? I says, I don't know where that safe place is, but it's safe. It didn't drop on the ground, I know it. I put it somewhere, I just can't remember where. Anyway. Um, but I still have that there, and it, actually on this, on this serviette, there's three stick men, you know, like gingerbread men, and I actually wrote on each one. We're at any stage in our life, one of these three people. The first person, I want to bring this to your attention, the first person is the person before we were saved. That's when we were sinners, all right? And here's the point. Every single one of us in here today, we're all there once. So we might be holy, we might be Pentecostal, we might have all of those things going on, but we were once all sinners who needed a saviour. And thankfully we're here this morning because we found the saviour, our Lord Jesus Christ, and realised what he did for us at the cross and believed in that, and received that, that life into our lives, we were born again. We were all at one stage lost in our sin and trespass. Colossians 1 verse 21 to 22, it says, Once you were alienated from God and were hostile in your minds, engaging in evil deeds, but now he has reconciled you by Christ's physical body through death to present you holy, unblemished and blameless in his presence. Look at look how he has presented us. How he's presented us as holy, unblemished and blameless in his presence. Thank the Lord for that. Amen. We thank the Lord for what he's done for us. God views us all now through Jesus Christ, through what he did for us on the cross. That God views us and uh, and of course, you know, yet there is a condition to our salvation. And in verse 23, he goes on to that. Let's recognize that it's not sinless perfection. Verse 23, if indeed you continue in your faith, established and firm, not moved from the hope of the gospel you heard, which, is, which has been proclaimed to every creature under heaven, and of which I, Paul, have become a servant. You know, the condition is continuing in the faith, established and firm. Not being away, moved away from the hope of the gospel, and that's the result of sin that we allow. Someone said, well, how does that work? Well, this is how it works. We've got this straight and narrow path that we're supposed to walk in, and we should walk in, and we keep walking in. And then sin comes along, and what it is, it's a sidestep. And we step away to the side. And might walk along that way a little bit and then correct ourselves and repent. We come back and we're back into the straight and narrow path. And then sin comes again and it takes us off path. The problem is, is that that sin that takes us off can take us on another track. 
that will eventually lead us so far away that we deny the Lord Jesus Christ. All right? That's the problem. That's the thing to avoid. That's why we should, you know, and, and walking free of sin is the best life. No question about it. Walking free of it. You know, that not just knowing that you're forgiven from it, but actually walking free of it. Where it no longer holds you. No longer has any grip on your life anymore. Amen. It's the victory. That's right. The victory over sin. And it's, it's, it's possible. You can walk in it and you can have it and it's a joy. Amen. Paul declares that he now serves the Lord in this purpose. Seeing the lost saved. He's now given completely to seeing people continue in the faith. Established and firm and move, and, 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 and move from the hope of the gospel. Uh, established and firm. You know, not move from the hope of the gospel. And, and, and of course, that's the first person we are. That we were all once lost in sin and trespass. The second person is the person we become after we are saved. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, and verse 17, it says, If anyone is in Christ, he's a new creature. All the new creatures said, Amen. Amen. Old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. And that's that walking in newness of life. You know, when we first get saved, we start to walk in it, and boy, it's such a thrill. We know it. We can feel it. We know that the Lord's done something on the inside of us. There's a new birth experience. And, you know, no one could rob us of it. Someone might have been able to talk me out of it when I was first saved, but they couldn't talk me out of the sensation that I had, you know, the experience that I had. Someone could have, because I couldn't rub two scriptures together. But God, you know, had, had made me a new man, and I knew that, and I couldn't deny that. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creature. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. All this is from God, who has reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us a ministry of reconciliation. That God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting men's trespasses against him. And he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. You know, that change of that spiritual nature, that born again experience, that transformed us into the new man. The gift that we receive at salvation. That made us the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Leaves us all, not just blessed, but an opportunity to be a blessing. An opportunity to get involved in seeing that message get in, out and into other people's lives. And we should be all be about that business. Here's my question. What's your ministry? What's your ministry? Some are sitting there. I'm not sure what my ministry is. <laughs> your ministry is a ministry of reconciliation. If you're saved and born again today, you've been given a ministry already. And we should be about the business of the ministry of reconciliation. You might say, but I'm not an evangelist. You don't have to be. Okay? But you still, as Timothy found out from the Apostle Paul, you can still do the full work of an evangelist. Because he told him to. Timothy's a pastor. That's his gifting. But God said, you do the, you know, uh, Paul said, you do the full work of an evangelist. That means you know, reaching out to people, getting people saved. You know, when, when Paul stood before King Agrippa, he spoke about uh, his God-given purpose given by the Lord at his conversion. And when Paul receives his calling to preach the gospel, laying on the ground, having been knocked off his horse, okay, on the way to Damascus, he asks, who are you, Lord? And, and of course, Jesus answers and says, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. And the Lord replied, 
But get up and stand on your feet, for I have appeared to you to appoint you as a servant and as a witness, what you have seen from me and what I will show you. I will rescue you from your own people and from the Gentiles. In other words, Paul was going to cop it in his ministry. I will rescue you. I'm sending you to them to open their eyes so that they may turn from darkness to light and from the power of Satan to God, that they may receive forgiveness of sins and an inheritance among those sanctified by faith in me. And look at it. It's clear from this passage that we will always remain saints. This is the man we are after we're saved. We're saints. Turn to your brother or sister and say, hello there, Saint Russell. You know, hello there, Saint, you know. We're all saints. You say, well, that goes against the grain with certain religions. Absolutely it does. But this is what the Bible teaches us, is that we are all saints. The word saints means that we're sanctified, that we've been set apart by God, and we remain in that condition. And here's the truth, is that even as an immature Christian, you're still a saint. Even as someone who, you know, you'd say, look, I can't rub two scriptures together, but I know I'm saved. You're a saint. Isn't it good news? And you can read it in the Bible. I'm not making it up as I go, all right? <laughs> it's in the Bible. You can find out for yourself. And, of course, the beauty of it is we can tell others about this good news. And notice and underline it in your Bible. We're sanctified not by our works, sanctified by faith in me. We don't become saints sanctified by our works. We become saints by faith in Jesus' name. And our holiness is something that the Lord did. He set us apart for good works, not by good works. Just remember that. And I want to, just for time, I want to get on to the third person. The third person is the person we are as mature sons of God. That's a, another person that we can develop and grow into. Is mature sons and daughters of God. It's our highest calling. And the mark of sons and daughters is clear. It's spiritual maturity. This is the person we should aspire to be once we're saved. I want to grow. I want to be mature. I want to be a mature son and daughter of God. So let's quickly, because of time, see four defining marks of sons and daughters. These are four defining marks of sons and daughters. Number one, they, they, they walk in love and pray for their enemies. This is the deep end of the pool, all right? They pray for their enemies and walk in love toward their enemies. It's not the, this isn't, isn't the paddle pool, this is the, the deep end of the pool. Matthew chapter 5 and verse 43 to 45, it says, You have heard that it was said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, that you may be sons of your father in heaven. It's the mature stuff that we should be following after. We don't need to expound, but loving and praying for those that have hurt you is about as real as Christianity gets. How many of you know what I'm saying? Most of you. Well, at least five of you, I heard that. Here you find the hard yards that establish in, uh, establish in our lives uh, Christian character. Christ-like character. You know, a power gift from the Holy Spirit won't give you or won't give you a character of maturity. You can get a power gift. 
and the Lord will just pour it out on your life and it's something that you can work with and walk with. But I tell you, your gift will take you where only character will keep you. And it's this character, this you know, sons and daughters uh, approach. It's so important. Number two, very similar. What does it say? Whoop, where we go to? Blessed are the peacemakers. Did I have Matthew 5 up there? Yes. Blessed are the peacemakers. Number two, they are, sons and daughters are peacemakers. You'll find them making peace, not making war. They know how to bring reconciliation. When the enemy wants to bring strife, we know reconciliation is achieved by following those disciplines of harmony and unity that we touched in on last week and that we should all follow those as well. Number three, they are led by the Holy Spirit. Look what it says, Romans 8.14. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the what? Sons of God. Being led by the Spirit of God, it's a mark of sons and daughters. You know, we start to listen and hear his voice and hear what he's saying to us and start getting those little prompts from the Holy Spirit on the inside. Those are great. We should learn to follow those. It's good when all of your life's events are with the witness and unction in the Spirit before the event, not after the event. Now, when the Lord warns you about something that's going to happen and you just get that sense and you just go, what is that, Lord? What is that? We're called to that as sons and daughters. And he, as it says, for as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons, and, and I always say sons and daughters of God. And last one, just for time, they can take chastisement. If we're going to walk with the Lord, we need to be able to take his correction. In other words, we're teachable. Not to a, a figure or a person in the church so much as we are, recognising that they may, may be used of God to speak the word into our lives. But we remain teachable. You know, we don't, we, you know, sometimes when you hear a hard word, you might go, instead of going amen, you feel like going ouch, you know, because it's a hard word. But we need to be teachable. Look what it says, Hebrews 12, 7. If you endure chastening, God deals with you as sons and daughters. For what son or daughter is there whom a father does not chasten? But if you are without chastening, of which all have become partakers, then you are illegitimate, and not sons and daughters. Illegitimate. The King James Version uses another word that really gets your attention, you know. But he's saying if you don't receive chastening, if you don't receive that, uh, you know, at, at those, those times. And I've felt it sometimes where you feel like you need to go and stand in the corner, you know, because you've been so naughty, you know. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about, you know. And you know, and you feel, and, but, the, but the, you know, there's a chastening of the Lord as well. And if we receive that, it's a mark of being a son and a daughter. You know, we should all be ready for the Lord to pull us up. I know I am. And ready to reflect and, and look at that and, and ask questions of myself. To correct our ways and show us, um, you know, when the Lord shows us that maybe we're getting something wrong. We should be all ready for that chastening of the Lord you know when it comes not if it comes it's when it comes because sons and daughters all should receive the chastening of the Lord he is a good God we've been singing that this morning we're singing about that this morning I'm so glad I might ask the worship team to come on up he's a good God and his correction and his admonishment in our lives is just another dimension of his love amen you know he loves us so much you know he loves us where we are 
We, we talk about that's one of our cliches, but he loves us enough not to leave us where we are. And that's the pathway to, that sons and daughters should be trotting on, you know, and treading out. And just last scripture, I don't think I've got it up there actually. Oh yes, I have. Psalm 26 verse 2. It says, examine me, O Lord, and prove me. Try my reins and my heart. Try my reins and my heart. And I love that, you know, that he loves us where we are, but he wants us to, you know, he loves us enough to not let us stay where we are. Amen. 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 Let's take that on board this morning. You know, I don't know anyone in here who's made it. If there is someone who's already made it, maybe I should sit down and someone else could preach. I'm not sure, but there's none of us that have made it. We're all working through the same things. And, uh, and I, I just, just encourage you, look at those four, four marks of, of sons and daughters and let's say, let's have that on our lives. Let's, let, let's ask the Lord to bring that uh, this morning. Why don't we all stand to our feet this morning and just as we do and, and before we pray, I'm going to make an invitation this morning and that's that if you're here this morning and you've heard some things uh, maybe about having a relationship with God, about maybe the Lord talking to you or, or being able to talk to you and, and that seems strange to you, I, I just want to encourage you that there's an opportunity today for you to, to come into a closer relationship with him. It's a relationship that Jesus went up on a cross and died for. It's a relationship he paid the price for. And, uh, and it's a gift that you don't have to work for. And I want to encourage you here this morning that it's the start of a new life. All of us that are here this morning started out on that new life at some point. And I want to encourage you this morning that the Lord's here to meet you today. And if you'll come down, maybe after we've sung this song, there'll be a, there'll be a queue that goes up to the canteen for uh, morning tea. But if you'd like to come and just stand over on this side, I'd love to pray for you. I'd love to uh, stand with you and introduce you to my Lord Jesus. And he'll come into your life and, uh, and make himself real to you. And it's the start of a new day and a new life that you should want. I tell you, if you're here this morning and you haven't prayed it, I tell you, you should want it. It's the best. Amen? Amen. Well, let's just pray. Let's just pray over what we've been talking about this morning, Father. Father, we thank you, Lord, that we're a people, Lord, that are hard after your pathways. And Lord, we've been talking on this subject, Lord, and we come to understand that there's a pathway to maturity. And Lord, we make a commitment together today, Lord God, that we're going to stay on that path, Father, that we're going to follow after those marks, those, those uh, uh, degrees, Lord God, of, of, uh, of a, a son and a daughter, Lord God, that we would be after the maturity of sons and daughters, Lord. Lord, not just the badge, Father. And Lord, as we do, as we commit to that today, Lord God, we ask the help of your Holy Spirit. Lord, that you would help us and Lord, uh, where we've maybe failed in the past, Lord, that we would not be those ones that fall and never get back up again. But Father, we'd be those ones that fall and say, I'm not going to sit in darkness. I'm going to rise and, my, and my, my God will be a light to me. Lord, we thank you for that light and that entrance of your word that gives us light, Father. We ask today to, to, for you to come and minister to us again. Lord, try our hearts, Father God, and examine us, we ask in Jesus' name, and help us move back onto track if we need to, Lord. Get back on that pathway, Lord, as we need to. Lord, we ask these things today in the precious name of Jesus. And, and look, I don't often ask, you know, if there's people that need to make a rededication. 
you know, because sometimes I feel that that's something you realize yourself. But if you're here this morning and you feel that maybe there's some things that you haven't been doing and you want to make a fresh start, I encourage you to just come and, and just pray. We'll just pray a prayer of rededication as well and, uh, and see the Lord move through that and, uh, and touch your life and bring you to a new place, a fresh place and uh, a refreshing place. Amen. So God bless you all. Have a great day. And we're going to close on that. We'll have some morning tea. But let's just go out with a song and let the Lord minister to our heart.